Good morning. Just before I say anything, if there's anyone here this morning that's just struggling health-wise, why don't you just put your hand up? Just put, in your, put your hand up. You're struggling with your health. I want to just pray right now just for God's healing power just to flow through your body. We don't have to, we don't have to hype things up to see God move. God's here already. Spirit is here with us. And so often we fall into the trap and we've got to light a proper anointed little candle before God's going to move. No rubbish. The presence of God is here with us and he wants to touch people where you're seated right now. And so just keep your hands up. Just if, if you're sitting next to someone that's struggling with their health and their hand is up, just put your hand lightly on their, on their shoulder. Father God, I just thank you right now that you still heal, that, you, that your, your power is present to heal. And we speak healing over these bodies right now in the name of Jesus. We come against sickness and disease. We come against inflammation. We come against any virus. In the name of Jesus, we say, be gone, be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We rebuke sickness and disease in bodies in the name of Jesus. And we say, be healed now. Heavenly Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done in these bodies as it is in heaven. Jesus, we invite your rule and your reign over these bodies in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just receive that healing. Amen. So guys, before, before too many people ask me how my race went, last uh, Friday night at eight o'clock, I set out to do a hundred miles in the Karklu Valley. And I only got to five o'clock the following morning I got to 83 kilometers, and I knew I had to stop. My knee gave me trouble, but uh, it was still a good race. So thank you for all those who prayed for me and just supported me. I got so many SMSs or WhatsApps. Who, who still gets SMSs these days? <laughs> like, no, yeah, me clearly. <laughs> like, I, I don't like WhatsApp. I, I wouldn't mind just SMSs. Like, I wouldn't mind just phone calls. But, but that's me. So uh, thanks for all the prayers and all the WhatsApps, guys. Really appreciate it. It was a tough one. It wasn't an easy one. The temperatures got to like, I think it was 35. And uh, it, it felt like a war zone. People were just dropping out all over the place. But we persevere, hey? We persevere. Cool. So guys, I, I, what I want to preach on this morning is not, uh, it's not a brand new message. Um, it's, it's, it's with regards to God's heart for the lost. God's heart for the lost. And I want to start this morning and I want to say to you that every single day, as believers, we have an opportunity, a divine opportunity to matter. Every single day, we have an opportunity, a divine opportunity to count for the kingdom of God, to be representatives of the kingdom of God here on earth. Do you believe that? Every single day, every single day, each one of us have been, have been given, the Word of God says that we've got numbered days. We've got a set amount of days that have been assigned to each one of us. And I want to say to you, every single one of those numbered days are, are opportunities for us to see the reality of the kingdom of God coming into this earthly realm and see the rule and reign of Jesus breaking over people's lives. That, that, that is our assignment. That, that is our mission in this life. And I, I really just, over the last couple of weeks now, have had 
just such a, such a, not a heaviness, but just such an awareness of the fact that God is wanting to get our attention. God is wanting our attention up a room on what matters to him. Two weeks ago, I preached a message on the fact that, that God the Father has a holy obsession around finding those who are lost. He has a holy obsession around seeing those who are broken, those who are, who are, who are in darkness restored and being brought out into his kingdom. He has a, our Father is consumed uh, with a holy frustration, not frustration, with a holy compassion for, 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 for finding those that are lost. And I just, I've got this strong sense that God is saying, Upper Room, I want your attention. Upper Room, I want your attention. And, my, and your attention needs to be on what matters to me. I'm calling Upper Room to be a city on a hill. I'm calling Upper Room to be a light on a lampstand. I'm calling Upper Room to be the salt of the earth. I'm calling Upper Room to be kingdom representatives. And this morning, I want to continue with this message. And I want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you. I want you to leave here this morning encouraged, uh, knowing that God wants to use you. God wants to use each one of us. God doesn't want you to get to a certain point in your life and then only will He use you. No, God uses those who believe. It's not, it's, it, it is for the believing believer. Do you believe? It's not for the select few. It's not for those sitting in the front row. It's not for the super apostles. It's not for the prophets only. No, it's for those who believe. These signs will follow who? Those who believe. And so if you are a believer here this morning, these signs will follow. They will drive our demons. They will heal the sick. They will raise the dead. They will cleanse lepers. And they will, they will see dead people come back to life. Like that is our assignment. That is for the believer. And so I, 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 like I'm consumed, guys. I'm, I, I'm eating, I'm sleeping, and I'm, I'm walking with an awareness that God wants to get his church's attention, and he wants to kick the church out of church so that we begin to be a light in this dark world. I don't want us to be a people that hide here at 156 because we're feeling safe, and this is our little holy huddle. No, God wants us to, to be a people that impact this world, that impact the lost, if we think the lost is just going to pitch up here at 156 automatically, I want to tell you we are mistaken. We are deceived. It is through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is made known. It's through you and I. The church is not a building. And I think part of the plan that God has for upper room is he's put us even in this facility. We don't look, this doesn't look like a church building. Why? Because he's breaking a mindset. We think that the lost is going to come to the church building. No, the lost is going to come to the people of God. Why? Because we are a light. Why? Because we are the salt of the earth. Why? Because we are anointed. And when you live anointedly, you live beautifully. And so I've entitled my message this morning, The Beautiful Life. The Beautiful Life. And I want to say to you, the beautiful life in Jesus is not reserved for the select few. The beautiful life, the beautiful life that we have in Jesus is for those who believe. You can live a beautiful life, Upper Room. As a matter of fact, you're called to live a beautiful life. A beautifully anointed, kingdom representative life. Amen? I better slow down.
Slow down. I believe it's impossible, Upper Room. It's impossible, in my opinion, for us to see with compassion the lost if we haven't settled in our heart this incredible heart connection that we have with, with our Father. Did you hear what I said? I, I believe it's impossible for us to go from 1556 this morning and to walk past people and to go into checkers or woolies or wherever and actually to notice the lost and be moved with compassion if, if we haven't settled in our own hearts this incredible relationship that we have with our Father, this heart connection that we have with the Father. It will be impossible for us to notice the lost. It will be impossible for us to be moved in compassion. Jesus was moved. He was moved with compassion. Why? Because of his intimate relationship with his Father, and he knew his Father's heart. Paul writes, and he says this, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? In order that you would know him better. The incredible thing is, is that when we get to know the heart of our Father, when we get to know his heart for mankind, we are moved with compassion. And I feel like God is wanting to settle our hearts around this incredible heart connection with him. Why? Because then the lost will matter to us. God wants to use you, Upper Room. I really want to encourage you. He wants to use you. The word encouragement is to give someone support. I want to give you support this morning. I want to give you courage this morning. I want to speak hope over you that the Spirit of God that is in me and the Spirit of God that is resident in each one of you who believe wants to use you and wants to touch your neighbor. I believe it with all of my heart. With all of my heart. Jesus lived a life of encouragement. And I felt the Lord give me a word for Upper Room, and it's this, is that the, the, the gift of encouragement will birth the miraculous and the supernatural. That's a word for us. The, the gift of encouragement will birth or, or, or springboard you into the miraculous, will springboard you into the supernatural. Both the life and the ministry of Jesus portrayed this. Jesus encouraged those who were broken. He encouraged those that were lost. He encouraged those that found themselves in a desperate place. He encouraged those, and he called those out of darkness. And as he did that, what happened? The supernatural broke out. Encouragement is the birthplace of the, the miraculous. And the incredible thing is, is that we are a people that carry hope. We are a people that carry this kingdom encouragement, the, the message of the kingdom of God inside of us. But that message needs to be heard. I've said this many, many times. If we want to, upper room, if we want to be a people that walk like Jesus, that speak like Jesus, that smell like Jesus that interact with the lost like Jesus, we better carry the message that Jesus carried. It's a message of the kingdom of God. It's a message of Jesus' rule and reign wanting to break over and into people's brokenness. That's the message that I have. That's the message that you have. The question is, are you preaching it? The question is, are you demonstrating that message? Upper room, are we living beautifully? Are we living beautifully? What does a beautiful kingdom life look like? It's an anointed life. Upper room, are we living an anointed life? 
The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me. A couple of years ago, about two years ago, we had a life group meeting at our home. And Mark Simons, I think he had back pain. And we decided as a group that I was going to anoint him. And we're going to pray for him. Just trust for God's healing over his back. And he did get healed that night. But I was about to anoint him. And I, I, I took the oil and I just dabbed the oil on my finger. And I wanted to put it on his head. All, all conservatively. And I felt the Lord say to me, no, 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 no. Be like Pete Munnings. Uh, if, you ever, if you've ever been prayed for by Pete Munnings, Pete pours the oil in his hand and then it's through your hair like this. Now, Pete, no one's going to come to you. But I, I, I just felt to do that that evening, just to be generous with the oil. So I asked Ange to bring the spray and cook. No. I, I just poured the oil onto Mark's, onto Mark's head and the oil ran down. And the oil ran down. You know, when, when people got anointed back in the day, it wasn't a little conservative religious dab on the forehead, brother. No, it was oil poured out. It says that the oil ran down Aaron's face into his beard. It was visible. What does it mean to live an anointed life? What does it mean to live a beautiful life? It means you live a visible life. It means you're not a, a light under a basket. You're not a, not a city in a valley. You're a city on a hill, a light on a lampstand. You're visible. An anointed kingdom life, a beautifully lived kingdom life is this, is that I live visible to the world. I live visible. I'm anointed. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to live like this, to live like this, to live like this. And I back myself because my father backs me. I back myself because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and I glow. You know, that night, the whole night, I, I couldn't, I, like I had to almost put my, no, I didn't need to put my sunglasses on, but the light bounced off Mark's head. We radiate the kingdom. We radiate the reality of a different realm wherever we go because we live beautifully. The church needs to stop living so conservatively. We have a message of hope. We have a message of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Jesus' rule and reign in me, in my family, the world around me. Stop waiting for revival to break out and be revival. Like, just be the light. Like, stop trying to, to, to bear light. Just bear light. Just encourage. Because as you encourage, I've seen it so many times in my own life. Just how are you? Oh, I'm really going through a difficult time. Hey, can I encourage you? Can I pray for you? And as you, pray for, as you pray for this person that's in darkness, this person that's struggling, guess what happens? The Spirit of God is attracted into that moment, and He does what you can't do. Instead of relying on your own ability and 12 steps to a better you, just, just be the better you in Christ Jesus and watch what happens. Let's turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. For me, this is such a beautiful example, or such a clear example of what a, what a beautiful life looks like. What a beautiful life looks like. I want to be spent for the kingdom of God. Like, like I don't want to burn out, I want to burn brighter. So many pastors are burning out. I don't want to burn out. I want to burn brighter. So many believers are 
wanting a break because they just feel so, like, you know, I've just been spent. No, 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 I want to burn brighter because of his anointing. What keeps the lamp burning? It's the oil. It's the anointing. That's how I want to live my life. That's what I want to see in this community. I want to see a community of burning ones, a community of people that burn up for the kingdom of God. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that was called the beautiful gate, to ask for alms. He wasn't asking for prayer. He was asking for money. Why? He witnessed people go up to the temple to go and pray, and yet he didn't ask for prayer. He asked for alms. What's the, what's the world asking for? What, what, is the world, what is the world asking for when they see the church today? Are they asking for prayer or are, or are they asking for alms? <laughs> Why? Because they're not seeing perhaps an anointed life? Because they're not seeing perhaps a beautiful kingdom representative life? Just a, just a question. Ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Verse 4, and Peter directed his gaze at him. If the church can only begin to direct their gaze at the lost, begin to direct their gaze at those who are spiritually crippled, those who are physically crippled, watch what will happen. As did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and no gold, but what I do have, I give you. What have we got, upper room? What have we got, upper room? We've got power. We've got hope. We have a message of reconciliation. We have a message of demonstration. Please, someone say amen. What, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, not prayer. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Why were they filled with amazement and wonder at what happened to him? Because this was foreign to them. This was foreign to them. There's so many things that stand out to me in this, in this account. But inter interestingly, the thing that stand out to me most is that this man that was crippled, this man that got healed and, and, and witnessed many people. Some theologians say that for 40 years he sat there, witnessed many people go to the temple for prayer. That which, is, that, that which would be visible as something religious, witnessed many people go to the temple didn't find what he was looking for, but for Peter and John. Peter and John, Peter and John. He saw many people go to the temple for prayer, but no one actually stood out and stepped into his situation to represent the kingdom of God. Where are you going with this? 
When we focus on religion over focusing on Jesus, we become blind to that which matters to him. Do you need to hear that again? When we focus on religion over focusing on Jesus, we become blind to those who matter to him. Someone once said this, the world is not looking for a new definition on Christianity. It's looking for a demonstration of Christianity. Not looking for another definition. It's simply looking for a, for a people that will demonstrate what they actually preach. That will demonstrate what they actually believe. In the same way that this man looked in desperation for 40 years, I believe the world is subconsciously looking for the church or looking at the church for a glimmer of hope. For a glimmer of good news. In the same way that this man looked in desperation and in brokenness, will we be like Peter and John and actually witness the man, see the man, acknowledge the man and say, hey, we don't have arms for you, but what we have we give to you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Because that's what Jesus wants to do through this community. At prayer meeting on Friday morning, I had, this, I had this strong sense that God is upping the spiritual temperature around the people of Upper Room. Do you want that? Receive that. Receive that. Peter and John was anointed for the task in representing the kingdom of God. Guess what? So are you. So are you. Peter and John weren't trying to be more spiritual. They were just living from a state of being. Being sons. Being ambassadors. Being representatives of the kingdom of God. And I believe that when we live as believers from the state of being, what happens is we cannot help but witness the lost. We cannot help but, but spot the lost and, and go, we have to do something about it. Just a reminder, this is good news. This is good news. And when, we, when this good news begins to impact our own lives, this, this heart connection with God is settled. What we see in Scripture is settled within us. We cannot help but share the good news. Maybe some of us just need to settle this thing, that we are sons, that we are daughters, that we are representatives. And it's not about your ability, it's about His ability in you and through you. Amen? I wrote here, outward brokenness offends inner peace. Outward brokenness offends inner peace. It's, uh, guys, I cannot get away from it. I cannot get away from it. I cannot turn a blind eye to the lost and the broken. I can't. Because there's an inner peace within me. There's, there's the kingdom of God within me. There's the spirit of God within me, working in me, transforming me, making me more like Jesus. And as he does this, I'm looking at the world and I'm going, I have to do something about this. I can't just be a bystander anymore. Upper room, God doesn't want us to be bystanders. God doesn't want us to be spectators. He wants us to be used by him. He wants us to be in the game. And all of us can. Outward brokenness offends inner peace. Why? Because outward brokenness doesn't line up with the gospel of the kingdom inside of me. The good news of the kingdom inside of me shines into the dark world around me. It offends me, friends. It offends me 
to read the story of the beggar. It offends me to think that this man had to sit for 40 years, for 40 years watching people go to the temple to go pray, but only two people in 40 years responded to him. It offends me, and I believe it grieves the Spirit of God in me. It grieves the Spirit of God in me that the church can fall in the same trap that we can hide behind religion and never do something about the brokenness around us. It offends me. But Anton, I'm not as spiritual as Peter and John. I'm not as spiritual as Billy Graham. I'm not as spiritual as, as Todd White and all these people in the day. And, you know, God can't use me. I'm not as spiritual. I want to tell you, you believe that lie. You believe that lie because the enemy wants you to live a life of limitation. An anointed life. A kingdom anointed life, a beautiful anointed life is a life where you will begin to, where you will begin to access a realm where you will begin to stop believing limitation as your portion or for your, your portion. Anton, I'm not as spiritual. That's the lie that you've believed. Anton, the Holy Spirit can only use some people. That's the lie that you've believed. You are spiritual. You are spiritual. You have a spirit. You are spiritual. You have a spirit. God is spirit, and His worshipers worship Him in spirit and in truth. How do we connect with God? Spirit to spirit. And when we settle this reality, what happens next is there's this flow of the Holy Spirit through our lives and in our lives into the world around us. Upper room, you are rich. You are rich. God trusts you enough to give you his very spirit, his very presence that is resident inside of you. And that, that presence of God inside of you wants to touch the world around you. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. How? Through his spirit. Where? in your inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We connect with God spirit to spirit. And Peter and John lived like this. They connected with God spirit to spirit. And as they walked past that blind man, they were walking to the temple to go and pray like many, many other people. But the spirit of God did something inside of them that made them turn to that blind man. And they realized, they knew this, that the greatest impact that they could have on that man's life was not by giving them something out of their pockets, but something out of the spiritual riches that was within them. And they were faithful with that. How faithful are we with the spiritual richness that we've got in Christ Jesus? Because that richness is not just for you, it's for the lost. It's for the lost. And so this man got healed. And people are amazed to the extent that crowds come running. Crowds come running. We're waiting for crowds to come running and we haven't even done anything. We haven't even demonstrated something of the kingdom. Friends, God wants us to demonstrate the kingdom, not try and define the kingdom. No, just demonstrate the kingdom. We get so caught up in our intellectualism that we're thinking we've got to get the explanation right before we're going to see the crowds come. No, just demonstrate the kingdom. Just be kind. Just be compassionate. Just, just take the time. Stop for the one. Lay hands on the one. Pray for the one and watch what will happen. 
So crowds come running, and that's, uh, like I've said it many, many times, I believe with all of my heart there will be a time where people with hospital clothes will come running into our meetings. Why? Because they've heard this is a people, a people, not a place, a people that demonstrate the kingdom, that demonstrate the reality of heaven when they get together and when they, and when they leave. Amen? And so then Peter begins to preach this message in, in, in Solomon's portico, and then they get arrested. How about that? Let's get arrested for being kind. Let's get arrested for, for being compassionate. I, I, I want to tell you, if there's, if, there's any, if, there's, if there's ever a good reason to get into trouble, let's get in trouble for being kind. Let's, be in tr- let's get into trouble for being compassionate. Let's get into trouble for representing the kingdom. I sign Bold letters, I'm in for that. You as well, Sean. Good. But listen to what happens next. Then Peter filled. Let me just drink some water. I'm going to need to fill. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if I love this. If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man was, was be, has been healed, let it be known that to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I love that. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. I stand before you, uneducated, common, but anointed. <laughs> I hope you can say the same. I, I must tell you the story quickly. Paul and Minda Nichols approached us and said, we feel we want to ask you to consider taking over the leadership of Santon City. They proposed. <laughs> and I promise you, in an instant, I got cold shivers. I was overwhelmed. I went through all the emotions. I thought, Lord, I am not qualified for this. I am not qualified for this. And I phoned my dad, and he started crying. And he said, if, you, if you're feeling unqualified, that qualifies you. That qualifies you. And I want to say to you, Upper Room, if you feel unqualified to do what I'm reading about now, I want to say to you, that qualifies you. God's prerequisite is he uses the weak. He uses those who feel unqualified. He uses unschooled, unqualified people to, de- to demonstrate and to represent, represent his kingdom in this world. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I've been with Jesus. I'm not schooled and I don't have a whole lot of diplomas and certificates hanging off my study wall, but I know him. I know him. Amen. That they have been with Jesus, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they, were, they had nothing to say in opposition. As, as, as churches, we are engaging in the wrong fights. Pick your battles. Begin to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Because when the kingdom of God 
comes into an impossible situation, it will silence the voice of the accuser. It will silence the voice of those who want to engage with intellectual debates and arguments, and they won't have anything to say because we are people that demonstrate the kingdom. We live beautifully. So just three things. Three things. Nicks, don't laugh at me, eh? There's always three things. What does this beautiful life look like? What does this beautiful life look like? Number one, we will be evidently overflowing. We will be evidently overflowing. Listen, in the kingdom of God, there's always abundance. There's never lack. In the kingdom of God, there's always abundance. There's never lack. And for us to live as representatives, for us to live beautifully, we need to understand we are not a people with limitation. We're not a people with lack. There's always enough. When Jesus multiplies, there's always left over. Why? Because he's wastefully extravagant. He's wastefully extravagant. We're not a people like the poor church mouse begging. No, we're not that. We are people that have abundance. And I'm not preaching a, a prosperity gospel, but I'm also not going to preach a I'm not preaching a poverty gospel, but I'm not also not going to preach a, 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 you know what, a, a prosperity gospel. Amen? There's lots. You're evidently overflowing. Listen to this. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Peter didn't say this about himself. It was recorded that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there was evidence upon Peter of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the believer was never meant to be a dam. The anointing of the Holy Spirit has always been meant to be as a river flowing through us. What does this beautiful life look like? Well, we will be evidently overflowing. The abundance of the Holy Spirit is not a dam. The abundance of the Holy Spirit is a river. I wrote here, we as believers have the ability within ourselves to either dam up what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do or release what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. I heard this analogy on Thursday. So I, just, I heard someone preach, and they said, he asked the question, he said, how many of you can pray in, pray in tongues? How many of you can pray in tongues? Okay? And what he did was he said, at the count of three, I want you to begin praying in tongues. And he prayed, and well, we counted to three, and everyone started praying in tongues. And he asked this question, who made you pray in tongues? The Spirit of God speaks through us as we pray in tongues, but God used this man to initiate the praying of tongues. It, you, can, you can choose to pray in tongues or you can choose not to pray in tongues. You can choose to lay hands on the sick and be used by God as the Spirit of God wants to touch the lost or you don't need to. It, like The more you choose to partner with the leading of the Holy Spirit, guess what? The more that river is going to flow out of you. We dam up what the river of the Holy Spirit wants to do by our obedience or not to obey. It's that simple. I've, seen, I've had the privilege of seeing some, some, some really significant healings from the age of about 16. Some significant healings. And one person being raised from the dead. And people ask me, Anton, what's the key to seeing people healed? Lay more hands on the sick. It's like... It's not rocket science. 
encourage people, can I pray for you? Yes. And then let the Spirit of the Lord do the rest. There's an overflowing of what the Holy Spirit is doing in me that touches the world. Secondly, what does this beautiful life look like? Well, we're evidently kind and evidently compassionate. The church is the body of Jesus on the earth today. Do you agree with me? Well, let's just look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is kind. Jesus is compassionate. So if we are the body of Jesus on the earth today, are we kind? Are we compassionate? I find it interesting that Jesus only really gets ticked with the religious. Other than that, he's always kind and he's always compassionate. But so many believers just walk around ticked. This is going wrong and this is not right and this isn't. Just be kind. Be compassionate. The Word of God says, let your kindness be evident to all. There's a evidence of kindness and compassionate. And then lastly, evidently courageous. Evidently courageous. Unschooled, ordinary men. Their courage didn't come from their qualifications. Their, their courage came from the work of the Holy Spirit inside of them. Like, let's be courageous, Upper Room. And I prayed and I said, Lord, before I say that, in, you know, evidently courageous is this, is that light, light is never intimidated by darkness. Never. Hence Jesus, see, hence Jesus says, be a light on a lampstand. Why? Because light is not intimidated by darkness. Stop living as, some, as, as a light under a basket. No, be a light on a lampstand. Because as light, we don't have to be intimidated by darkness. We can be a courageous people. A courageous people. Here they get arrested. How, how, many, how many people here, if you start preaching and suddenly you get arrested or some, suddenly you get into trouble, will just, you know, I'm not saying anything anymore. I'll just keep this quiet for myself. No, 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 no. They continued preaching. Why? Because of the overflow of courage that they have in the Holy Spirit. And I prayed and I said, Lord, what do we do as a community? What do we do as a community? And I felt the Lord say to me, we just need to become more intentional. And so Upper Room, I want to ask for the next 21 days, just as a lifestyle start, for the next 21 days, can we become more intentional around seeing the lost and praying for the lost? Praying for family members that do not know Jesus. Praying for family members that, that are broken. People that are in, in, in darkness. People that are crippled spiritually or maybe physically. Like be intentional. Like for the next 21 days, every single day. Holy Spirit, I want to be used by you. Holy Spirit, what can I do today to be kind, to be compassionate, to love people? Not for my benefit, but for the kingdom. Amen? So I wonder if we can just stand. Can I hold, can I hold us accountable? If, if you are willing to say, to say, Anton, I want to, I want to, I want to make a commitment here today. To see the lost and to be intentional around the lost. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' name. 
for every person that is part of this community that's responding to this message. I pray in Jesus' name for a realization of just how connected we are to you. Father God, I pray that your heart, your heart for the lost would break into our hearts. Father God, I pray that you'd wake us at night with a burning heart for the lost. Father, I know that your heart is breaking. Your heart is breaking for the lost. Your heart is breaking for lost sons in distant lands. Your heart is breaking for people that are sitting along the, uh, next to temples, next to believers, watching them go to meetings and praying, and, but they're crying out and they, they're sitting there unseen. Lord, I know that your heart breaks for that, breaks about that. Lord, I pray over this community that this community will see a mighty harvest come into the kingdom. Not, not 2156, but into your kingdom. Father, I pray that you'd use us like, like you used Peter and John. That we would be able to say, listen, we don't have what you have, what you need naturally. But what we do have, we give you now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, receive his salvation. Receive a righteousness of God into your life. And Lord, I pray that heaven would be filled because of upper room being effective, kingdom effective, living beautifully, living beautifully anointed lives. Holy Spirit, let's just take a moment, just right now. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person here and I pray that you would encourage them that you would encourage them, that you would empower them this morning with an awareness to the fact that they are carriers of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.